Welcome to the JP Morgan at any rate podcast. I'm Laszlo Jankovic from uh, Global FX Strategy and join me today is Emma Wu uh, from Global Quantitative and Derivative Strategy. Just earlier this week, we published systematic late cycle hedging with FX options. And uh, considering that markets are pretty choppy and uh, people are actively looking for some defensive trades, um, we thought to give a, a bit of a summary of uh, that note and just go over some of the key points. On like weekly basis, we see at least in FX, uh, gamma performing. FX vols are uh, pretty steadily now over 90 percentile. Uh, I look at the uh, 10-year horizon, um, and that's really definitely reacting in the way that clients are looking for uh, something to put defensively in case that there is uh, some downturn, there is some some recession. And in order to address that, we looked into the um, FX option space um, based on the uh, some of the systematic work that we did in the past, but this time around trying to do it in a little bit more robust way. And um, to, to just start the story, essentially what we look for is, uh, we look for the currencies which historically, looking at previous um, events for the recession, previous uh, pre-recession periods, currencies that were performing, uh, such as dollar, and then for those that were actually underperforming during those periods, for example, most of the EM did. So the idea is then to be directionally positioned for the dollar, dollar uh, strengthening and for example, EM underperformance, which in an option space means being uh, dollar calls and for example, EM, EM puts. Um, now, uh, in order to have pretty um, low decay uh, on those kind of structures during the normal periods, one has to actually a little bit do some signal search and look for some something that would uh, pretty much indicate where is the best position to be in so that we get a purple reaction on the uh, vol uh, spikes, but then not to lose too much when uh, there is a relatively quiet period. Um, so this, the, the question then is like, how do we select those thing, those signals? How do we uh, build uh, such a model that would uh, be good for the risk of environment and not to punishing uh, otherwise? Emma, could, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, so uh, from the beginning, we compiled a list of 26 signals across the various of categories. Uh, for example, we're using deviation of rear from 10-year average to represent the value, uh, three-month change in FRI and EC to represent the growth momentum, and swap rates for the race market differentials, uh, volatility-based factors such as uh, other money vol uh, levels and their monthly change forward points relative to the other money vol and risk reversal levels, and so on. It's important to normalize the variables. Uh, what we did is for all the inputs, we standardized to have a zero mean and unit variance. Uh, we also keep in mind that reducing the number of inputs that fitting into the algorithm can make the machine learning models easier to interpret, allow faster convergence of machine learning algos, and in some cases, reduce the out of sample errors. So we reduce the number of input variables with an aim of keeping the most informative predictors. In order to do that, we run a random forest algorithm under recursive feature selection method on the monthly change of VIXI global index versus the features on 2002 to 2012 or training data set. We take the risk of absolute only 
which is defined by the monthly change of VIXI global index exceeds the one standard deviation than the mean, which is about 1.2 more point. And the reason of uh, to choose the RFE is because uh, it applies a backward selection process by starting with with all the features and keep aside the least important features based on the scoring criteria. In our study, we use RMSC as the scoring criteria. So uh, in this case, we keep aside the least important features that measured by the degree of decrease in RMSC. We find the curve reaches the lowest point, which is uh, the curve gets the lowest RMSC with four to five features. In order to avoid multicollinearity, we remove the ones with the highest absolute correlation. Uh, as a result, we choose four signals to use to build the models, which are, uh, are the money vol, realized vol, a carrot vol point, uh, monthly change on their one year z-score, as well as one year z-score of the six month spot rate change. With these selected signals, we then develop machine learning empowered framework to predict PNL. Uh, the data is divided into three portions. So the training set is throughout the risk off period in 2002 to 2012. And the testing data is to, to, uh, 2013 to 2017 in order to do the out of sample analysis for the model selection. Uh, the data post 2018 to a present basically reserved as the cross validation data set where we analyze the strategy performance with the selected model. We consider both linear and nonlinear models and evaluate the performance statistics such as uh, RMSE, MAE, uh, R-square, and adjusted R-square. We find uh, linear regression models in general underperformed other than the other nonlinear models similarly poorly for both training and testing as it produced the highest RMSE, MAE, so basically highest tracking error. Uh, as well as lowest R-square, so lowest variance that can be explained by the model. Among those nonlinear models, we find random forest as most value. Basically, it outperformed the support vector machine from both in-sample and out-of-sample window. And when comparing with the extreme gradient boosting model, they have consistent performance in in-sample window but the actually boost the model perform doesn't translate well to out of sample window because we notice a significant deterioration and this, it's a, we explain this potential overfitting. We further did a back test among those models. Basically we rank the FX pairs based on the model predicted pin out and long options in the top three ranked currency pairs on the daily basis. And all the positions are equally weighted with six months tenor and three months holding period. We then find the average PL per trade in our portfolio under the risk off period and risk on period across in sample and out of sample window. In the risk off period, we remove the GFC period because we don't want to extrapolate the high PL that uh, unlikely repeat in the future. Remember or go is to maximize the pin out during the risk off while minimizing the decay during the risk on period. So with this objective in mind, the result shows linear regression model performed the worst with the significant bleed during the risk on and a single digit positive pin out during the risk off. Uh, the SVM underperformed then the random forest as well as it produced a lower positive pin out during the risk off period.
both in sample and out of sample. The XGB uh, underperformed due to the larger decay in risk arm period. So overall, uh, we think random forest outperformed than the other models. And we investigated a little bit how come the random forest uh, performed so well. So we look into the prediction history of random forest and simply overlay the predicted pin out of the selected pairs in our portfolio versus the, the monthly change of their spot across all the currency pairs. We find uh, it does a better job in selecting the most profitable pairs during the large moves in spot occur, indicating that it does a good job uh, at capturing this trend. So overall, we have the random forest model in kind, and we did a 20-year backtest to include the post-2018 period that's so far untouched. We uh, ad hocly removed the carry to wall signal because we want to, this signal ranked at the fourth place, uh, which is the least important features among all of those four features. So we make the model as a three-factor model, retrained and repack tested. Uh, we found there is a significant uh, lower pickup during the risk off period and large decay during the risk on period, which confirm our idea that four-factor model is the best performer here. And uh, a little bit background on why we exclude the carry to wall signal is because from our prior analysis, the carry to wall signal stood out and tends to control for decay as it times the market's defensive tilt accurately. So in our comparison, we confirm that the decay suppression during the risk on, but find no sign of the beta to risk off suppression. Yeah, now uh, I think Lad uh, can, can talk more about the strategy performance and how it performed with a variation of a TV and tenor selections. Yeah, thanks, Emma. Uh, yeah, so we heard now quite a bit about um, how the model was built, um, some of the characterization of the model. Basically, now in our hands, we have a, a four-factor uh, random forest model that's based on essentially at the money volatility, realized volatility, carry to wall ratio and the momentum in the direction of the risk off. And we want to do a little bit more on just characterization of how that, that model is performing. Lots of that analysis is really the details are given in the note that we published, but I'll just mention a few. Um, so basically when we look at the, when we're doing the training, um, essentially performed it on the data set going from 2002 to 2012. Um, then we're tweaking those hyperparameters and um, doing that on 2013, 2017. And now it's really the all the whole data set that goes from 2002 to present. Um, and what the model gives us when we look at the 10 best, 10 worst uh, currency performers, um, essentially among the 10 best um, based on, the, on that four-factor model, we find things like dollar max calls, um, Brazilian puts, dollar Brazil calls, Aussie dollar puts. Um, so the structures that essentially one would expect to see in that in that bucket of the of the best performance, um, those currency pairs usually have um, all of them essentially have a very high spot to wall correlation, meaning like pretty strong skew, and um, essentially telling us that even options markets are pricing in. Uh, pretty uh, serious reaction in, during the VOLP episodes. And we see them as the as the best performing. On the other side of the 10 wars performing, we find things like um, Noki Stoki, 
Aussie CAD. So basically a little bit more balanced type of um, currency crosses. And that's again associated with the low spot vol correlation, basically low, low skew. Uh, so essentially even option markets are basically seeing those as, uh, as low performing. And when I say low performing, it's still in the positive land, uh, just not uh, really as punchy as we see from the, from the other bucket. Looking at the structures itself, we see pretty, pretty high consistency between uh, in sample and out of sample. Three months turns out to be very good. Again, expected. It's more reactive. Uh, it would better perform uh, during the um, during the vol spikes. Um, decays a little bit more than six months and nine months, but that's again understandable, and it's not really that severe uh, underperformance during those quiet periods. From the point of the very position, the barrier. Uh, we tested 10, 20, 30% TV um, barriers, and the 30% seems to be kind of probably the most interesting. The case, a little bit less, uh, quite punchy responses, so pretty attractive. Um, so overall, when we look at it, for example, three months at two months holding of the structure, and we, we could have held that uh, structure till expiry, but uh, most of the time people actually wouldn't really go to hold it to expiry, so we're testing it on two months holding. We see that um, in sample, we record about like 30, uh, 30 PNL on the on the structure, and for the outer sample, about 16 to 17. Which means that essentially we are at the market to market at the point of two months holding. Uh, for in sample around 60, and for outer sample around 40, uh, 5, 47, which is actually pretty strong uh, market to market. Essentially, spot is pretty close to barrier in order to see those kind of mark to market. So definitely, selection was correct uh, from the point of the uh, direction where the spot was moving. Yes, yeah, so we built random forest for factor model, the one that would, um, in a systematic way, help us with uh, getting the defensive positions and be ready for uh, some of the risk um, adverse environment. Um, and the model is based on, as we mentioned before, on the amount of volatility, realized volatility, carry to wall ratio, and the momentum in the direction of the risk off. Uh, when we look at what the model gives us with the current backdrop, we see it like um, things like three months to six months uh, expiries, and um, as a digital uh, options expressions in Aussie sync puts, dollar CAD calls, Euro Aussie calls, cable puts, and uh, Aussie Swiss puts. So basically, really tapping into the uh, risk op type of um, trades. That is all we have for today. I've been Lars Jenkovic with my guest Emma Wu. Thank you for listening to the At Any Rate podcast and have a good day. This episode was recorded on October 20th, 2022. Stay tuned for more episodes of At Any Rate, JP Morgan's global research podcast series. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please read JP Morgan research reports related to its contents for more information, including important disclosures. Copyright 2022, JP Morgan Chasing Co. All rights reserved.